Last time on Knights of the Rolled Table, Team Valiant consisting of Jarek, Sarsa, Branch, Carver, and Deleth arrived at the desert cave of Gohal the Brutal. Along with their infreaked guide, Gekish the Lucky, they began to battle the tyrant. He proved to be much stronger than they realized, and Gohal proceeded to take out each party member as they faded from this plane of existence. Wait, like a TPK? They're all dead? Oh man. Meanwhile, Team Slate defeated their third target, an evil wizard, and find some interesting magical items, including some hoops and a black cloak. They meet up with the Silocide people and go on a mental relaxing journey. Yeah, we'll go with that. Allowing them to see some visions that may portend to the future. guys had helped the mushroom village and after a little bit of communing with them and spending time with them in this trance-like state eventually you guys return to your own faculties and are able to leave and you begin to slow walk back and it's just you feel very refreshed it feels like you've kind of been through a spa treatment or something that uh, just has refreshed each and every one of you. We get a full rest. Sure. Hopefully you're nice. I think that's done something for my pores. I'm not exactly sure what, but I like it. Spores for pores. <laughs> what do you think all this stuff is? This cloak's got some kind of a, like, it's got like a weird shaped horse or something on it. Perhaps it's a unicorn. I'm pretty sure unicorns have horns, right? I don't see any horns. Maybe someone got rid of the horn. Everybody roll a perception check. 18. 23. Approximately 20. 9. Alright, so Yenny and Biscuit, you guys are kind of chatting it up as you guys are going and um, having a great time kind of to yourself. Everybody else... As you're kind of getting closer into town, for whatever reason, it just seems like there's a little bit of uh, commotion or there's a little more um, energy. You're a little more unnerved as you start to kind of head towards back into town. As you get a little closer, eventually you kind of come over this hill where you are able to see through the trees and see through the dense forest and see into Castor City. And what you see is that there's a ton of commotion going on and you see that there's a large pillar of black smoke that is coming up through the center of town and everybody go ahead and roll a survival check really quick six nine nine seventeen five now what what i'm saying is if you combine the salt uh on top of the caramel it actually works (laughs) it actually works yenny and biscuit are out of it you guys are in your own little world walking back it's like a, it's like a, it's like a blend of perfect unions, is what I'm saying. But doesn't that just, that just makes it salty, right? Because salt is salty. So, Rx, as you're looking at where this plume of smoke, this dense smoke, is coming from, 
tracing your path back, you determine that that's about the location of where the Knights headquarters is. Hey guys, guys, uh, I don't know if you see that, but uh, that seems like that's where the Knights headquarters is. That that seems like a bad thing. This is not going to be good for my pores. Well, come on. I, if, if that's really true, then we gotta we gotta get going, and uh, we might have to save some people. We go to there. Can we run to there? We run to yeah. there. Uh, maybe just a light jog. Okay. You don't want to. You don't want to break that nice post spa. Listen, I'm absolutely glowing right now, so don't muck this up for me. I'll cast mage armor. All right, as you guys make your way back to the center of the city. It is indeed uh, a much more chaotic than it was. People are talking in the streets and the like word of mouth is passing the news along of whatever this event is that's happening and unfolding. And as you guys are kind of running, there's people running away from the center and there's people running towards the center. Every once in a while, uh, a new little low rumble will kind of shake the whole city and everybody kind of uh, sits on edge as this kind of happens. As you guys get closer, it seems more and more like the um, devastation is on maybe the entire city block that the Knights' headquarters was nestled inside of. And eventually you reach a point where there's just kind of a big crowd of people on the outside, and you see there's people that are bringing in buckets of water and bringing in carts with tanks on the back, and the fire is uh, just growing and growing around. Is there anything you guys want to do to kind of assess the situation as you come up on it? Can I, uh, can Yanni start yelling at people? Hey, hey, what's going on? Hey, you, d- tall guy, what's going on? Uh, there, there was an explosion on, in this building and it just uh, erupted and it was crazy. Is that building the HQ? I assume that we can tell. As you look now, you know that the HQ was kind of in the middle of this city block that was kind of built around it was kind of in the middle area and had all these frontage buildings and things on it that entire block seems to be um on fire and whatever additional damage from that is kind of spilling off on the sides arx is gonna want to help the people deidre is going to observe as much as possible to figure out what's going on and rather than rushing in to help, she's going to kind of assess the full scale of the situation as best as I can. Whatever you're willing to give me from that. Okay. Igneous will take his new quarterstaff he got from the druid and go, Summon water! Make it rain! Squish, squish, splash! You know, you, you feel a little... But nothing happens. Uh, Alright, Arx will say... Uh, how can we help? What do you need? As you guys are kind of coming into the fray, you see that there's all kinds of people that have suffered wounds. They look like townspeople. And you're trying to get a gauge of people that need help and people that are getting help. It seems like there's just so much kind of happening at the same time. You maybe only miss this by, it maybe seems like 15 minutes or so. And from everything that you gather it was just kind of a sudden explosion. Nothing really led up to it. It was just this big explosion that happened. Because I'm assuming, I'm scanning my uh, character sheet here. I assume, yes, I do. So 
I have fire resistance because Phoenix born, so I'll just rush in and see if there's anybody I can pull out from the explosion. Uh, what I was going to say is I have Spare the Dying as a cantrip, so if anybody is looking like... If there's a triage unit, I want to <laughs> yes. go in there and like <laughs> lay on pause and make people feel better. And I, I would like to... Sorry, I would like to cast Detect Magic, um, which will work in a 30-foot radius. Um and uh, I just I want to see if I can sense any kind of like uh, residual effect of maybe like magical you know the magical explosion that might have gone off or I want a magic CSI, CSI this <laughs> the scene here you know just around the perimeter going a little safe distances where I can. Rx and Biscuit, as you guys kind of get to work into looking into this, what you first kind of see that happens is that a lot of people are coming out of. Uh, through the crowds and they look like they're clerics and paladins and different healers that are using all of this healing energy this healing magic to help people and rx you're able to you know help people as well and there are um, certainly there's a lot of minor injuries it doesn't seem like uh, maybe the worst injured people are either still within the building or have already been taken somewhere Biscuit, as you're looking at all this magic, you're you're seeing all of that happen, and you kind of get the the sense of a big reverberation of whatever this magical element was that maybe it was magically sparked or started. It also seems like there's just so much energy of fire and destruction here; it's even hard to tell with um, magic eyes. We got some sort of arcane uh, source. That's happening here, y'all. Uh, I don't know what it was, really, but, I mean, there, there's definitely something that set off this uh, pyrotechnics. Biscuit is the equivalent of the guy in the van tapping on the keyboard, magically tracing <laughs> where the signal came from. I'm reading Arcane Energy. <laughs> I'm the tech guy. There's got to be a back door somehow. <laughs> we got to get through the firewall. Here, I'll also type on the keyboard at the same time as you, and then we'll, we'll work twice as fast. Mm-hmm. That'll help. Biscuit, as you're uh, taking in the scene and trying to see all of what's happening, you see that um, two heroes, two people who have gone in to help other people uh, on a stretcher have a, a woman's body on there. And you know, you recognize that as Dagani, the chef who was in the HQ. And she, uh, you kind of go over and it seems uh, like they just have the sheet um, kind of, they pull up the sheet as they're kind of going along. It doesn't seem like she is alive anymore oh no she was such a good and fair competitor yeah rx will try to spare the dying on her but i expect it won't work she's probably dead as opposed to dying uh you do that it seems maybe like it had some sort of effect you're not really sure she's very badly injured by the blast after a little bit you guys hear eventually the booming voice of alistair and he is telling people to evacuate. He's telling people to help over here and move these over there and set a distance back here. And eventually uh, he kind of finds his way back over uh, and he sees uh, that you're all there. And he says, is he dead? Did you kill Drodos? Well, yeah, I mean, we, we killed him, but d- did he have something to do with this? <sighs> We Oh, did you get your your award thing? It, it doesn't matter about that now, Biscuit. There was an explosion here at the headquarters. It just suddenly randomly happened. We we didn't have any idea of what of what could have caused it. Nobody had entered the compound. Everything was 
just as normal as it as it as it has ever been. I'm still in there searching the flames for people. Uh, Igneous, you're able to um, pull somebody out. Uh, you recognize them as maybe somebody who was um, part of the the staff at the headquarters, and you're able to kind of pull them out in the group of healers and helpers that are supporting people and trying to administer aid to them. They take them in and they they thank you and. Uh, it looks like he's going to be taken care of. Igneous Al- is probably fairly rattled by like the destruction of a fire because where he comes from, that's everything's that way, and everybody's pretty resistant to it. So, like the chaos that this is causing is pretty disturbing to him. But he'll join the group with Alistair once he gathers all of you guys together. He kind of pulls you all over to a side and says, "I think we know who did this." Because they left this, and he pulls out uh, a sword, a long sword, and he says, "We've we have an active trace on him right now. One of our Knights Intelligence Network mages was actually able to help us out after the few moments of this, and we think we can track. We think we can track the person who did this down. But they're getting away now. They're leaving the city. Do I do I sense any magic um, on the sword? Uh, it doesn't have any." It doesn't have any uh, magic on it. As you're kind of looking at it, it looks like it's a finely, really finely crafted sword. Maybe uh, like an heirloom sword or a, one that would be very um, highly prized. Can I have it? No, this is evidence. I want the sword. <laughs> hey, hey, Deidre, do you know where that sword's from? You you like pointy things. Uh, oh, I like shiny things. But oh, you yes. like shiny things. <laughs> Can I take a look at it? Uh, he says, sure, but let let's get going. We gotta head into the mountains. Oh, there's always time to inspect fine craftsmanship. I want to investigate it. I mean, this is like the one thing I can do. I don't have Go any ahead magic. And roll an investigation. Investigate the sword. Uh, I rolled an eleven. So you know, it's real shiny and it's making a beeping noise. It's a very finely crafted sword. Um, you notice that it has a lot. Uh, it, it is very solid. It's not strictly only ceremonial but it has a lot of filigree and it has a lot of design to it that a regular sword wouldn't have it looks like it maybe has a special type of wood maybe special metal inlays it might be a different alloy so i would believe that this came from money yes it doesn't look specifically expensive like it doesn't have like jewels on it or anything like it doesn't look like it's made to be expensive it looks like it's made to be high quality well, it's not particularly flashy, but it's definitely a decent sword. Perhaps an older family heirloom. So, uh, you're coming with us then? Yes. Uh, yes. Oh, oh Let's, we, we have no time to waste. We have to go now. Do we have horses or donkeys or uh, other things? Magic carpet? Uh, magic carpet? No. Uh, there's. Ma- Once we hit the mountains, Fine it'll be broomsticks. way too rocky and. If their trajectory and their path is the same, they're going to try and go up and over the mountains goats? somehow. Can we ride goats? Flying goats. Yeah. We're not, yeah, that sounds good. None of that is going to happen. We need to leave now. Let's we go. could probably just walk. Let's go. We get on our flying carpets. And with that, you guys head west and head towards the mountains. Hello, listeners of The Roll Table. This is Jeff, your DM for Season 4. I hope you're having a great time listening. I know that 
things are getting real now, and that's just the way a D&D campaign works. You get close to people, and sometimes you lose them. But that's okay. We're having a great time in this season. We're continuing to follow heroes as they move throughout the realms. I wanted to shout out another local comic book store. This week, it's SoCal Comics here in San Diego. They're in Kearney Mesa near the 52 and the 163, you know, right right in that little area there off of uh, Claremont Mesa Boulevard. They're kind of a classic comic shop. If you want to buy, sell, trade comics, it's your place to go. SoCalComics.com is the website for them. Go and check them out. And if you want to tell us about your local game store or bookstore, go on our Twitter, at RollTable, and let us know who we should highlight and who we should share and who's helping out find comics, games, books, uh, anything cool. Hey, we just started this thing, and uh, Zach is running it. It's called Clubhouse, and if you're an Apple phone user or Apple device user, it's apparently an app thing. Uh, I am not invited to be a part of this, apparently, because I use an Android phone. Um, But I suppose if uh, you're out there and you want to be part of the club, you can come to the uh, Clubhouse, uh, search for us, I guess, Uh. The roll t- Knights of the Roll Table Clubhouse? I don't know how it works, but people are having a great time on it. So check that out. The best way to support us, though, is to leave a rating and review on your podcast service that you're listening to. Give us a five-star review. Put a little review in there. That'd be really awesome. We got the Twitter. It's at Roll Table. We got the Instagram. It's at Roll Table. Come check it out. Hang with us. We put fun stuff up. It's a good time on the social medias. And if you want to talk with us directly, our Discord server is a lot of fun. Look for us on Discord. It's Knights of the Roll Table on Discord. I just added some really cool new emotes and icons on there, including some really cool um, dice that I'm pretty proud of. So uh, come over and check them out. You can put a D20 on something, and it's, uh, it's a good time. Some of the combat music featured in this episode is created by Weston Gardner, and you can find his Patreon, Arcane Anthems. There's some great royalty-free original compositions that you can download right now. Use them in your campaign. Use them to set the mood when you're f- cleaning the trash can because something exploded in it. You gotta have something on. Make it an epic battle music as you're epically battling the terrible soda that spilled in the trash. Arcane Anthems. The art for our characters and maps are illustrated by our very own Chris Daly. You know him, you love him. And his Patreon is Dungeon Heads. Uh, It's a great Patreon to be a part of. He gets lots of exclusive character designs up there. You can request some to be made for your character. If you want inspiration for some awesome characters, he's making some really interesting ones and combining different classes and races that I haven't heard of before. So it's it's a great time. Check him out. It's Dungeon Heads on Patreon and Twitter and Instagram. You can always email us, knightsoftherolltable at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. We know we're not the only D&D actual play podcast out there. So we honestly, truly thank you so much for listening and sticking with us through this fourth season of our podcast. That's it for the announcement for this week. Now, go out. If you got that vaccine, especially, go out. Now, now, go out and get that vaccine. Then, make life an adventure.
Jarek, mm-hmm. everything goes dark, and the immense pain that you feel becomes all-consuming, and you feel you feel that pain slowly lessen. And eventually, you're able to open your eyes. And when you open your eyes, you're in this giant marble room. And there are marble pillars. And it is adorned with golden statues and filigree. And you hear the sound of a fountain. And just as you're gaining your other senses... You begin to hear a voice. It says, Jarek Dark Harper. Jarek Dark Harper. Jarek Dark Harper. And as you look, you see the form of a person. And they are very tall and muscular. And they have flowing hair of gold. And they are wearing robes of white uh, they have wings of white feathers behind them, and he's uh, holding his hands excitedly uh, over you, and he says, It is I, Jovadriel, your guardian angel. Oh, hey. <laughs> I may have made some recent miscalculations strategically, if not morally. Yes, we have been watching with such excitement around here. Uh, and we have seen oh, great. your entire journey. We've seen your actions in the realms. And, well, the big guy wants to talk to you. And he gets all excited. The big guy? Yeah. Like, you're a big guy? Like, yeah. He wants to talk to you personally. But. Torm? Torm wants to talk to you. (laughs) Alright. Is there anything I need to know, like, culturally in this situation? Like, do I need to avert my eyes? Jarek, Torm is all that is right, all that is just, and all that is of courage and self-sacrifice in this world. There's nothing that you need to do except for to be Jarek Dark Harbor. And in front of you, a, um, a large door uh, manifests itself, and it is uh, an archway. And you can see that it goes into uh, a place surrounded by clouds, and there is a giant throne on the inside of this doorway. And he says he's, he is waiting for you. All right. I stand up and see if I'm, like, dressed and stuff. Uh, all of your earthly belongings are gone, and you only are in a um, in a white robe. Oh, that's to make sure not to spill on this. Uh, all right, I go in there. You step through the passageway, and your body becomes almost weightless. And as you are walking on the clouds, you get the full sensation that you are in a plane solely existing of air and lightness. And upon the throne, you see a a giant figure and he is clad in sparkling silver and gold armor. And you see that just as as the symbol of Torm that you have seen, uh, he is wearing the very gauntlets of which uh, the symbol of Torm 
is based upon. And in a deep voice that resonates all around you and that you feel within yourself, you hear a voice. And it says, Jerk, you have come to me with great purpose. You have died gloriously in battle in the ways that I have taught many to sacrifice themselves and to be selfless in the face of immense, of immense challenge. Thanks. I don't know how it is that you came to this plane, exactly. I don't know what the manner of fate or luck or random chance has brought you here today. But it's made me reflect that perhaps your journey in the realms is not done. Uh, well, I certainly have some unfinished business if you'd, uh, see fit to help me out in your tor- tormaliness, sir, ma'am, torm. 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 We'll go torm, yeah. You carry great reservation. Uh, well, I was recently dubbed the unfortunate. There was a lot of luck involved, but not mine. There was a, really not his either, ultimately. I guess that was just cockiness. I'm just... Uh, I mean, if I could get back there to help my friends, I would, I would really appreciate it. I feel that this is the reason you are here. And it's within my power to do so. Just perhaps next time, when Juvadriel speaks to you you will listen uh is that like uh definitely part of the bargain that's a for sure that's a for sure no i understand this is not the time to negotiate yes i will do that it's important i will listen to javadriel he's only there to help thank you now go forth and serve the realms and with that, all of the uh, lightness begins and the um, environment around you begins to sort of stretch backwards infinitely. And the whiteness of the area begins to darken again. And all sense of your up and down and left and right and sense of being uh, again goes dark as if asleep. Delith. Just as you were feeling the horrible pain and and agony and the life uh, force binding you to your own body be torn away under the giant scimitar of Gohal the Brutal, you uh, felt a great release. The uh, darkness eventually led way to the feeling of waking up. And you begin to wake up, and the first thing you sense is the roar of a fire. You hear a fire crackling and burning away in a fireplace. And as you come to, you see that you're in a, what looks like a home or a tavern. It's made of wood and you are upon a wooden bench. And as you are regaining your senses, it feels very normal. Just as that's happening, uh, you see that there's a, a little bar kind of across the way. Up from there, a head pops up and looks at you and then comes over and uh, looks at you some more, and then pokes you. Hello. Who might you be? I am a Thander, keeper of Timora. Why are you here? I'm sorry, did you say Timora? Timora. 
Oh, all right. All right. Yeah, the old man had to be right about something. Is, I'm sorry? Is she here? Somewhere around here? <laughs> I think you need to explain why you're here. I, I would assume that she might be expecting my visit. Uh, and uh, the figure uh, kind of goes back to behind the bar, pulls out a big book, a big ledger book, and opens it up, and he puts on a, 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 this green visor and uh, looks through and looks through and uh, pulls the thing and says, no, she doesn't have any appointment. She's not supposed to see you. Oh. Well, if that's the case, then maybe you should send me back. Send you back? Where did you come from? I, uh, your guess is as good as mine. Last thing I remember was something like that, pointing at the hearth. You know, one of those, only all over me. Um, maybe send me back to that? You're from the fire plane? No, I, I was on fire, but it was a regular plane most of the time. It was a regular plane? You're from the astral plane? No, uh, it's more of a regular, you know, earth, sky, water sort of plane. Oh, like the material plane? That's the one. Wait, you're from the realms? I am. Or I was. You shouldn't be here. I Did agree. Did you die? Oh, you know, that might have been it. I just hadn't thought of that. Well, you shouldn't You shouldn't be here. It, you, people that die don't come here. Well, where do they usually go? Well, they go to the place where all the dead go. This is this is a place of business, okay? This is we're conducting business here. Oh, oh, all right. You should not be here. Don't don't mind me. I'll just sit here quietly till we figure this out. Just stay here. Don't touch anything. And don't take anything either. Oh. We know how you we know how you planes, you material plane people work. Don't take anything. I okay? am affronted that you would assume that. Uh, okay. Yeah, I I, I know the people that wor- worship Tamora, okay? This isn't my first rodeo with her followers, okay? <laughs> were, were you? Are, are you sure you're not ascended? I'm pretty sure I'm not. If anything, I've descended. Yeah, that sounds, sounds about right. Okay, hold on. And um, they open a, a doorway in front of them that has a portal. And uh, they go inside, and the door disappears. And you're left alone in this room for a couple minutes. And then um, a couple minutes later, it opens back up. The figure comes back, and they have this this big uh, golden coin. And this big golden coin has a picture of uh, a woman on it. And you recognize it as the symbol of Timora. That uh, has been the symbol of uh, luck in your family before. It just kind of looks and says, well, I, I don't know what you did. I don't know what's going on, but I think we're just going to send you back is that her um, this no this is her this is her totem oh okay no, sorry no no she's back. she's in there you, you can't you can't see her uh, if you'll uh if you'll hold this with me we can send you back wherever you'd like to go wherever you're from oh wherever i'd like to go sure um hmm that's gonna be tough the Hmm. I don't really want to go back to where I was. I was really busy dying right then and there. Um, right. Well, um, you could go to the Nine Hells. You could go to Hades. Ooh. You could go to Valhalla, uh, Heaven. You can go to the Land of Great Grass. Mm, you none go of to these the endless sea. None of these are really ringing a bell. Um, hmm. We're, we're somewhere that would be comfortable, 
but not um, numbing, you know? Not, not like, dead inside, like, peaceful. I mean, I, I suppose you could go to the realm of clouds and rainbows. You know what? Let's, let's go to the realm of clouds and rainbows. Okay, once you're there, you cannot go back. If you said you were from the material plane, you, there's no, you can't just write a rainbow down, you understand. Oh, I see. <laughs> that's, that's what you meant by clouds and rainbows. I thought you meant the material plane as the place oh, of clouds no. and rainbows. No, no, the material plane is its, its whole thing. I, you, you're clearly not from around here. I am not. Okay. All right, that's fine. How about one ticket to the material plane? Somewhere not in a cave being burnt alive. Well, that's not my department, and uh, she, she, they kind of uh, push the coin a little more towards you. All right, just grab, just grab the coin. Here goes, and, I and tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow's blessing, luck be in your favor. Yada yada yada. Please let her know I'm a big fan. <laughs> that's not what your prayer record says. <laughs> We've missed out on your donations over time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, again, the um, the world around you uh, shrinks away and uh, blackness again subsumes you. Carver, your body and essence begins to stop. What surrounds your consciousness It is as though you are a small cog within a giant watch. And it ticks, and it ticks, and it ticks. And as it ticks, other pieces of machinery move slowly around it, and other pieces move quickly around it. And there are small um, constructs floating in and greasing certain pieces. And every bit of this giant machine, that as you're able to perceive in every direction, there's more machinery behind that machinery that moves these levers, that turns these gears, that moves all of these things. And you get a flash that... It is the same material that when you have tried to look up at the stars and find wonder in them, that this is the same motion and mechanics that puts those things into motion. The same way in which you have been, con- you have been confused about why people look at sunsets and sunrises with such uh, weird fascination, you find that this is the mechanism that is creating those forces of fascination, that fascinates these conscious creatures that you don't understand and for a while you feel very connected to this to this place you feel as though you are one piece of a giant machine that is doing the operation the mechanical movement of the entire cosmos but after a little while the machine suddenly stops the gears that align you into the other cogs and machines are not right There is something about the shape of the uh, machine that you are that is not compatible with the things around. And the machine uh, in its entirety slowly comes to a stop. And a voice in your consciousness that you perceive says, There has been an operating error. The machine has stopped. Things are not working the way they are supposed to work. My system has failed. WF61119 is no longer. You have returned to us, the great machine of all cosmos. But your operating procedure on the material plane is not finished. 
If it was finished, you would fit perfectly within the rest of Russia. You don't quite fit here yet. You're saying I'm missing pieces. You are yet to change the way in which you exist within the cosmos to serve the purpose of the great mission. How do I do that? You must return to the material plane and become more advanced. Your machinery, your operation, your consciousness needs to be refined and improved upon before it can serve its purpose in the great machine. Are you the one that built me? You are part of me, and I am part of you. We have built ourselves. We have always existed, and we will always exist. We are the thing which turns the entirety of the universe. I have a greater purpose. You do. Execution accepted. Very well. And you can feel that the uh, place in which you were fitting into this uh, cosmic machine begins to reabsorb into uh, another machine that takes your place. And you begin to separate from this great cosmic machine. And your consciousness begins to fall back towards the material plane. Branch, you open your eyes and you see the blue sky with clouds above you. And you are lying in a field of grass. And the grass is cool to the touch. And around you, you hear birds chirping. And you hear animals uh, scurrying about. And as you sit up, you see that the entirety of all nature is all around you and extends outward. Where the horizon line would normally be, the entirety of this plane wraps in and of itself as if you're looking at a 3D picture in 2D or like one of those globe pictures of a 360 degree camera. That is what you are perceiving. All the parts of uh, all the natural world, all of the plants and all of the animals are harmoniously intertwined with you. And as you walk through this immense place, you see all of these creatures and you begin to connect with the thing in which you channel your whole life towards the thing that gives you your magic that gives you your abilities to uh, commune with nature and to connect with it are all in this place and for a little while you feel at one with this after a little bit it starts to not feel right and you see that as you are walking through this place that behind you the plants change into the grass changes into gnarly milkweed and it begins to brown and the animals begin to move away from you and the trees begin to lose their leaves a little bit and begin to brown and kind of curl as if put under a bright light or scorched in the sun and you get a, a sense that your presence here is is not jiving in the way that it was initially when you got here and eventually a a giant squirrel um, emerges from behind a tree and comes up to you and says hello branch my friend how are you doing hello uh, I, I think I am dead. Is Branch dead? 
Certainly seems like it. How, how are you feeling? Uh, confused, uh, uh, disconcerted. Uh, it was nice here, but now it is not nice. How are you? Did you recently encounter something in your life that might cause deadness? Uh, yes, my uh, friends, they uh, were stupid and attacked a giant genie thing, human thing, and it killed all of us and put us in dirt with its sword. Ow. I feel you most likely, Van. You are dead. Uh, well, what now? Well, the, the grass is nice. It was, but look, and he points behind him and it's all like gross. Perhaps you would like to go back? Eh, I suppose eh, if if eh, me being here is making eh, the nature eh, not nature, then eh, yes. This happens sometimes when things are not right. How, how did you uh, how did you get here? Did you die? And then I was this weird squirrel thing. I am I am what you imagine I am, but you you have not changed me. I am still what Maya made me, so you should not be here. Okay, how do I leave? It uh, does not look like there is a path or a trail or uh or the end of the world or anything. I cannot, I could change into a bird and fly up. The squirrel, uh, from behind, uh, their back produces a stick. A large staff-like stick. Named Mr. Stick. Hey, hold this. Hey, okay, and he grabs onto it. And then the squirrel reaches out Boops his nose. <laughs> Boop. All right, and with that, the surrounding world of you uh, swirls away, and it goes black once again. Awesome. <laughs> Sarsa, as the terror and fear of watching all of your friends fall in battle subsumed you, and the uh, crushing pain of the sword separated you from your physical being you awaken on the ground and what you uh, feel is this sort of strange sandy rocky ground that you're on and as you sit up you see that the place that you are is unlike any place you have ever seen it is a stark night sky the sky is filled with stars it's as if there is no light at all being produced and you see that there are these rolling hills of craters and this strange mountainous landscape that is all around you. And it's all this pale white. You feel this sandy surface. You see that there's no plants. There's no people. There's nothing else around you. And as you get up and walk around, you... Um, go up and down these uh, big giant craters. Jarek! Branch! Carver! Dalith! Everybody's lost but me! You continue to wander on this rocky surface, and 
Eventually, you see this figure uh, of a woman, very tall, standing on the edge of one of the craters. And she says, My child, you have come to me. You have served me for many decades. You have channeled me, and I have given you the powers of the moon. Saloon? That is me. You have fought bravely. Why have you come to me this day? Well, it wasn't exactly my fault. We were we were up against a big bad nasty that I'm afraid was just a little too big and bad and, and nasty. And, and uh, I watched the people I care about go down one by one and, and, and then I was here. We saw that too. And as she says that, you notice that kind of stepping up behind her are these several different versions of her. They're all the same person, but they seem to have, they're uh, wearing different clothing. They're carrying themselves differently. They have kind of different hair. And what you understand from your study of Saloon is that um, each phase of the moon, she has a different sort of avatar that she can use for different phases of the moon. And you see that every phase represented here in the lore that you've studied uh, stands before you. One of them says, I think she's lost and should go back to the plane of the dead. And another one says, no, she's here for a purpose. She has served us well and we should reward her. And another one says, maybe she's trying to take over. Maybe we should uh, send her away. And they kind of talk to each other and they look down at you curiously. Well, you're giving me far too much credit if you think this is some sort of mutiny attempt, all right? I... Hardly that ambitious. I just, just want to get back to my friends and my ship, and just trying to do good things down there. You don't understand what it's like. It's right, mad. All of them, kind of in unison, when you say it's mad down there, they all kind of go, "Yeah, we know." Well, we can give you strength. We can give you guidance. We can continue to help you. And we can return you, but it may be a painful return. Well, my life has always been a little bit painful, so that ain't new for me, but truthfully, there's lots of people I'd like to see that I could protect, and we're up against this, this, like I said, big bad nasty, and if I go back, I got to know that there's some way to set things right there. Well, we can't tell you what's going to happen. But we can guide and inspire you. The more that you put your faith in me and in us, we will do our best to guide you. That's all I'd asked for. Are you ready to go back? I think so. I don't suppose I can have a pint here, though, for a moment. I mean, the temperature here is really mild. It's (laughs) very comfortable. And I mean, let's be honest, I've waited quite a long time to actually meet all of you and I got I got a lot of thoughts I, I'd love if we could just just you know take a moment unless there's a rush I know you're a busy busy woman they kind of all kind of um, look at each other they kind of nod in unison 
And out of the uh, moon, this beautiful pearl structure elaborates itself around you. And it creates this tiny, like almost kind of building that's around you. And you see that what pops up in front is like a little a round table. And these beautiful pearl stone chairs gather up all around. And in front of you, a wonderful brunch comes in. And all of the saloons kind of gather around. And they all sit down. And they invite you over. And they say, please, Sarsa join us for brunch oh now this is this is right proper now this is nice you know you know i had a ship for a while we never actually did brunch but uh which is pretty great but this is lovely too after what seems like both a long time and a short while you just uh talk and you're able to talk to these different pieces of saloon and you connect in a way that you understand a little more about the chaotic nature of the universe and how everything is cyclical and phases and how things change but they never really change yeah yeah and that the one thing that you can really rely on is the strength of of your girlfriends mm. saloon's there for you girl <laughs> word after some time that passes they say it, it is time it's time for you to go sarsa right if you continue to serve us we will continue to serve you Thank you. And all of the pearl stone goes back into the rocky surface of the moon, and they walk gracefully over the crater and uh, leave you. And in a moment, you see the planet rise up over the horizon, just like the moon rising on a night sky. And before long, you feel your essence get pulled back down to that planet, to that world, and to that realm. And with that, each of you feels, as you are uh, consumed in darkness again, each of you begins to awaken. And this time you feel around you, you first feel a a, a warmth. You feel a very warm and dry air that is around you. And as you are uh, feeling again, you you feel that you're um, you're on sand. And the sun is shining on you and the wind is blowing. Each of you opens your eyes. And as you sit up, you see that just at the same time, you see Jericho is there and Branch is there and Delith is there and Carver is there and Sarsa is there. And right in the middle of all of you. Is it Gekish? Is Gekish. <laughs> he also <laughs> looks up and looks at each of you. And says, eh, told you I was lucky. (laughs) (laughs) 